Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Both teams coming off convincing victories, which were expected, but nonetheless gotten by both schools uh, on uh, Saturday. The Montana State Bobcats making a change at quarterback. Took three weeks, a 2-1 and one record, and Tucker Rovig came in and uh, got a big win. Played, played well in the football game. We'll go through that. We'll also go through what happened at the University of Montana in Missoula. The Grizzlies get a 20-point victory uh, over Monmouth. And uh, a couple of uh, big performances turned in there, including Dalton Sneed, who is your Offensive Player of the Week in the Big Sky Conference, in the Big Sky Conference, and Malik Flowers, who, on the back of a 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown, is the Special Teams Player of the Week in the Big Sky Conference. So two out of three players of the week uh, on the Grizzlies this week. And uh, so, and of course, we will look forward to uh, the beginning of conference football play in Northern Arizona for the Cats and UC Davis for the Grizzlies. At the top of the hour, we will get into the Seahawks. Monday at 5, Friday at 5, book it. We're talking Seahawks. The Seahawks uh, coming out of the weekend off of their first loss to the Ted Teddy Bridgewater-led New Orleans Saints. We will uh, get to that, have some sound for you from uh, that football game from Steve Rabel on the call, and uh, we will also talk about Will Disley, just all this guy does score touchdowns. I mean, let's just book it. Doesn't matter if it's the last play of a game in a losing effort. He's going to get into the end zone. So uh, we will cover that, and we will go through what happened uh, around the state on the uh, at the prep level as well, around the uh, prep uh, gridiron and around the big sky as well. So good to be with you. That is our show outlook. It's brought to us by Missoula Gutter Cleaning dot com nobody's more insured nobody's more fun get an estimate right now missoula gutter cleaning.com colter hi what's up gus well you know strong weekend enjoyable long but short not, well right. non-existent 
long and so far there was a lot to be done in it. Like it was, a, it was, I mean, I don't know if exhausting is overworked, overused, but it was a, a long weekend in that sense. But yes, sure. short, and now we're back at it once again. But a good weekend, and uh, let's start with the uh, Montana Football Hour, presented as always by our friends at Lithia Ford of Missoula and Coulter. Uh, we wanted to start today with Montana State because uh, the Grizzlies won one handily uh, and, and had some... Very interesting things coming out of that game. Four four touchdowns scored by tight ends, a trick play in there, a special teams touchdown. So there's a lot to go through. But the most interesting decision news shift of the weekend happened in Bozeman where Casey Bauman was sat down and Tucker Rovig was called up. And uh, Tucker Rovig started as quarterback for Montana State. This is coming off of Casey Bauman, you know, Playing three games and going two and one with Montana State, just the way that you ex, you know thought that Montana State should go, and Casey Bauman on the positive side didn't throw an interception, didn't have a turnover in this entire uh, season to this point. In fact, had only given up even one sack to this point. On the downside, really no exceptional plays to be you know looked at particularly uh, he had the one big touchdown against Texas Tech which I thought was was really good but that's as about as good as it got to Coy Steele for him and he played at best okay and that was that and now uh, uh, Jeff Choke comes along and says you know it's time for for Tucker Rovig to play and I don't know all the things that went into the process of the week to say hey let's see if Tucker Ro- you know we want to have Tucker Rovig come in and do this thing but that's what happened so let's play some sound quickly for you this from Jeff Choate on Tucker Rovig being the starting quarterback for Montana State by the way in a huge victory uh, the, the, what 56 to 21 I think the final of this thing and 460 some odd rushing yards on the ground for Montana State but here we go the big story of quarterback from Jeff Cho. Tucker operated at a high level today, took what was available from the defense, uh, you know, through accurate passes, and again, had great protection from our offensive line. Did you see more poise out of Tucker than before, maybe, or, or just more command? Well, I, you know, he and I had a conversation on, uh, on Thursday, Wednesday, I guess it was, and I basically said, hey, you, you know, you've let this thing slip through your hand twice now. This opportunity may not come again. And you just got to believe in yourself and go play. And I think he did that. And so really proud of the way he performed today. And, uh, you know, that's to take nothing away from Casey, but I think Tucker operated at a really high level today. What what went into the decision to go with Tucker? You know, a variety of things, really. Kind of our last non-conference game, the first, really the last opportunity that if we were going to look at somebody else, this was the time to do it. I did not want to go into preparation for NAU uh, with indecision about that position. And uh, really felt like, Quite honestly, Tucker had performed at a higher level over, over the last couple of weeks in practice, and so he deserved an opportunity to get a start. And uh, he clearly maximized that today. I mean, 21 of 27, four touchdowns, no interceptions, 221 yards. That's a pretty efficient day. Going forward, just kind of what do you maybe see between the two of them? Maybe who? I think those guys are going to continue to support one another, continue to compete against one another, and uh, our team will they'll rally behind whoever's back there as the trigger guy. I promise you that. So there you go, Jeff Choate uh, saying the thing we didn't want going into conference play was to have any indecision at the position. And it seems to me like very much what they have going into conference play is indecision at the position. Although don't you, you think, don't say, you think those, him saying that is basically saying it without saying that Casey, that Tucker Rovig is the quarterback? Hundred percent, hundred percent. There's no indecision. He gave Tucker Rovig a chance and he threw four touchdowns. He's going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy, and you know he's he's very complimentary of the way Tucker played and. He was asked today, and we may bring you this sound later on in the week, but about 
this again. This, this press conference that you just heard was a post game press conference. Yes, yep, yep. And then today was the, the sort of the Monday football press conference, and he was asked point blank, you know, will Tucker start Saturday? And he said, we'll see. And then went on from there, and we'll bring you that sound as well. But effectively. He is saying it without saying it. The Tucker Rovick is the guy. I thought he took great advantage of the opportunity that he was given. Four touchdowns, no interceptions. Like he's going through all the good things because he probably is going to be the guy. Um, do you want to play this one other piece of sound on this first and that before we keep talking about it? Yep. Okay. Here we go. Uh, one more piece of sound for you from Jeff Choate on Tucker Rovick. Let's talk about the elephant in the room here. Why is he start playing better football once you're not the guy, you know, and let's maybe take, the, take another approach. And so um, – you know, it, it's hard to say. I mean, I think there's a lot of things that go into that. And one of the things that he did tell me was that he felt like uh, he was so worried about Casey that he didn't focus on him. And that if he had the opportunity to do it again, he would have just worried about himself and not worried about what Casey was doing, how the kind of throws he was making, what his completion percentage was in practice, and just do what he had to do. And I think that was a very mature statement on his part. And um, I think he's focusing on him right now. So there you go. I mean, a guy who has clearly performed better, at least in practice, the last three weeks since he did not win the job than he was performing before Casey Bauman won the job. Uh, also, this, it, it seems to me, has to be a, a bit of a a belief in the lackluster, you know, performances of Casey Bauman to this point as the starter. Uh, and, you know, the, 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 the irony of this is, is at the point, what was it, five weeks ago now, maybe six, Casey Bauman was named the starter. He was asked about, you know, what kind of leash would he be on, you know, et cetera. And I'm paraphrasing. And Jeff Cho said, you know, we don't want him looking over his shoulder. We want he once we pick the guy, he's going to be the guy, and that's what it's going to be. And then you get through three games at two and one in your conference schedule, and now you go with the other guy. And now, regardless, I mean, like you, you like you said, I mean, it seems clear as day that Tucker Rovig is going to be the quarterback now next week going against Northern Arizona uh, based on, you know, the inferences that we're making here. But it also is clearly a change and an, uh, you know, an, 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 you know, I don't know if it's an upheaval, but it is an indecision or a multiple decision, however you want to talk about it, at the quarterback position, which is pur- purportedly exactly what was hoping to not have to have happen, what was going to be avoided. And now here we are, and we're going into uh, uh, NAU. It's Monday, six days from, from, from the start of conference football, five days, and officially there has been no announcement as to who the starting quarterback is for Montana State. We've talked about this before, but Jeff Choate is such a defensive coach. It's not that he doesn't have offensive acumen. I actually think he has more offensive acumen than people give him credit for, particularly when it comes to the gap scheme and run game stuff that they run. And we'll get into a little bit of that too, Montana State's ability to dominate on the ground and how, you know, I hope you have a pretty good day as a quarterback if the running backs rush for 450 yards. Good gracious. But uh, Well, your course are going to rush for that much when you have Troy Anderson and Isaiah Fonse. Oh, they were oh, out. Right. right, exactly. But what I'm getting at here, though, is that uh, I think that Jeff Choate treats all the internal competition and position battles on Montana State the same. I think that's great when you're talking about every position on the field, except for maybe quarterback. A lot of times, you know, if you, because you can get so many different reps at different positions, being the starter isn't as of as paramount of importance. If you're the backup middle linebacker, like right now, Callahan O'Reilly is Montana State's backup middle linebacker. He's playing like 45 snaps a game. He's playing just as much as the starter, maybe like two or three snaps less. That's it. 
So you can get so many reps if you're a backup. It's not the case with quarterbacks, but I think that they want. It's almost as if they wanted Casey Bauman to, to navigate the first three games of the schedule to somehow challenge Tucker Rovig. It seems as if this isn't just a week decision. Like it just happened last week. It's it's as if they've been planning this for a long time. Let's play the sound from today because I think this fleshes out that very same thing. The question, very simply, is: Will Tucker Rovig start Saturday? We'll see. We'll see. I think that's one thing that. You know, making change. This this is a people business. Let me let me just kind of back up for a second here. And this is a people business. So when you make decisions that affect people, those aren't easy. You know, but I think I've got a track record that shows that I'm willing to make tough decisions, and I'm going to do what's best for our organization regardless. And heck, that might be me deciding one day I'm not doing a good enough job. And you know, I told Leon he's never going to have to fire me if I don't think I'm doing the job. I'll walk away. And uh, I think I owe that to this program and to these kids. And if it means having to make a change at quarterback or personnel changes on our staff, I'm willing to do that if I believe it's the right thing to do. It's the truth. It's it, what he just said is the truth. Yes. It was a little bit, you know, a little hyperbole at the end there, but he has made the changes. And in the moment, within the moment, the singular moment, it's so easy to judge everything. You can't really judge any of this stuff until we have a full... It seemed like such a rash decision last year to fire Bob Cole when he has only had the job for eight or nine months, and you're eight games into his first season as the passing coordinator, passing game coordinator. Seems rash. Now that we see Matt Miller's scheme, it's not. It was the right decision. But a lot of times it takes so long for these things to play out. We'll see. It might take a long time for this quarterback decision to play out as well. I, I would like to call to attention the NFL as a matter of metaphor for the two directions that things can go and how they either one can you can err on either side. What has it been for the Cleveland Browns forever? They never have any consistency at coach or quarterback right. and they keep making changes and making changes and starting over and this is the now the new foundation and now the new foundation and the 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 reason that they always stink is because they never have anybody there because it's just a revolving door. Then you go to Jacksonville and maybe not wanting to make the same mistake, they draft what they hope to be a franchise guy in Blake Bortles in the top five of, of uh, picks of the NFL draft, and he's sort of not quite there, not quite there, and then when it's evident three or four years into his to his career that he's just simply not the guy, they stay with him and stay with him and stay with him, wanting him to be the guy, and he never is. And they build around him and build a great defense, and he's just never going to come through. And finally, seven years or whatever it is after the fact, they make a change. And you go, why in the world did you wait so long? You may have squandered your opportunity with a great defense and so forth to to you know be a Super Bowl contending type of team because you held on. Well, it's easy to throw stones in both directions. The team that waited too long to make a change and the teams that always making changes and has quote-unquote no consistency. In this instance... The, the obvious thing, if you're going to be critical, is to say, how can you have a team that's going to have any sort of, of, of uh, 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 you know, cohesiveness, you know, and, and, and consistency when you're making changes to the staff, you know, almost all the time, every year, there's been multiple guys, even within seasons, guys changing on the staff. And when you have, you know, a different quarterback playing every, you know, every week or whatever it is, every couple of weeks. That's that's the critical side. The other the the, the positive side, and this is what uh, uh, what what Jeff Choate is getting to, and and to your point, Coulter, accurately so is as you've gone through the first three weeks in the month of the season, and Casey Bauman is starting and playing and playing mm, okay football, and Tucker Rovig's doing whatever he's doing in practice, and you finally come to a point and you're convinced Tucker Rovig is our better option than is Casey Bauman, despite everything that you said before, to go ahead and say we are going to go with Tucker now. 
is not an easy decision to make. And while it may look like indecision or inconsistency or going back on what you said or whatever it is, it's also perhaps very much the right choice to make. And I will say, much as many as many mistakes as Casey Bauman hasn't made, he has done nothing where I sit there and go, how could you do this? I mean, how, how could you do this? Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also have do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. The only qualifier, I'll say, it's to tell Nuana's ESPN Radio on that is this, Coulter, and you said you said this, and you're very right to point this out. He went 21 of 27 and threw four touchdowns against a completely outclassed Norfolk State team. You know, they were just awful. With, they, were, they were really bad on, on defense. Bad. They, I, Juwan Carter kept him in the game because he's a tough quarterback. He's good. He's a good player. And they had a couple receivers that were mismatched problems. And we're going to get into that right. later on in the week as far as where Montana State maybe they're operating at a really high level in a couple areas, and they're not in a couple other areas. It's the same thing with the Grizz. And I, that's the evolution of a football season, certainly. Sure. But um, Norfolk State's defense was not good. No. And they got and in Montana State, they found a schematic weakness and they gashed them. I mean, they averaged eight point six yards per carry. They had a couple long runs, but it really was like they were getting nine, ten, eleven, twelve, bam, bam, bam. I mean, Lane Sumner scored a fifty-eight yard touchdown, but other than that, the Cats were legitimately averaging seven or eight yards per pop running the football. So, when you talk about the third most rushing yards in the history of your university, okay, four hundred and sixty-eight was it? 469. 449. Yep. 449 on the ground. Three different guys rushing for 100 yards. Yep. Did you hear that? Three different guys. Neither of them, Troy Anderson or Isaiah Ifonse. Or Carl Tucker, who's or also Carl, a senior. Right. And Logan Jones went out at halftime. So now, and Jamarius Hosey, they didn't play him because they're trying to maintain his red shirt. So now you're talking about, this is legitimately, this is not hyperbole. This was Montana State's, Logan Jones is their third string running back. Lane Sumner is their sixth string running back, and Shane Perry, who is a red shirt freshman walk-on from Danville, California, is their seventh string running back. He rushed for 100, 100 and something, 113 yards in the game. Here's Jeff Choate on 300-yard rushers against Norfolk State. Yeah, they were an impressive group today for sure. Um, you know, th- quite honestly, we saw some things different than what we thought we were going to see 
from, from what we've seen on film uh, from Norfolk State, they've primarily been a post-safety defense. They played a lot of quarters, a lot of cover four, a lot of split-safety looks, which lightens the box in the run game. Um, and so I think that, was, that, that, that played into our hands a little bit there. Um, I can't say enough about, really, Logan Jones, Shane Perry, and Lane Sumner. Uh, you know, Logan went out of the game. Shane and Lane haven't played a lot of football for us. And uh, they just stepped in. The O-line picked up their end of the bargain. And those guys continued to operate. Uh, and so really proud of that group of guys. You know, um, it makes you nervous when you go in. <laughs> for the better part of two and a half games, we haven't played our best two guys, 22 and 15. And we've been able to, to you know, go 2-0 and in that stretch. And uh, we'll hopefully get those guys back as we go into league play. I mean, that is something. And by the way, uh, uh, Logan Jones, his 101 yards on seven carries, the longest of which was 36 yards. He averaged 14.4 yards a carry. And to your point, basically ran for 14.4 yards seven times. Logan Jones, it's unbelievable. Logan Jones tears his abductor in his abdomen right before fall camp last year. So then he misses the first eight games of the year. Then he plays against Idaho State, and then the next week against Cal Poly, he scores a touchdown. The following week at Northern Colorado, he scores a touchdown, and then against the Grizzlies, he scores two touchdowns. Then he shuts it down, takes takes the four game stopping point, and decides to take his red shirt so he can return for this fifth year. In Montana State's FCS opener against Southeast Missouri State, he takes a uh, fly sweep, 55 yards for a touchdown. Last week against Western Illinois, takes one, 87 yards for a touchdown. This game rushes for 101 yards on seven carries. This kid had over his last 26 carries from the moment he came back from that injury till now. He had 20 a, a streak of 26 carries for 266 yards and seven touchdowns. That's ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. That is that is, uh, that is is pretty remarkable. It's 2 tell Nuanas 10290 ESPN Radio. Okay, let's put a bow. Colter just on the uh, on Montana State. We're going to talk more about Northern Arizona as the week carries on, getting into conference play. There's a lot that. to talk about here, too, with this quarterback situation, with the Troy Anderson situation. I mean, I yes. think you, you can't underrate how they truly did just – I mean, Norfolk State, again, is not good, but they just won a game running the ball with – they're guy, like guys that were never even supposed to be in the plan, the plan to ever play. Yeah, Troy Anderson and Isaiah Fonse back is a huge shot in the arm for any team. If they if Montana State gets them back and they keep operating at this level, run, well, in the rush game, it'll be hard to beat. Well, it's going to be a different world when you're playing uh, Big Sky Conference opponents, in particular Northern Arizona. Uh, but uh, obviously on the ground, a great way to do it. You got guys rested and you made a change of quarterback. And now we will see if Tucker Rovig against Northern Arizona. Uh, can resemble anything like what Tucker Rovig was against Norfolk State. It is the Montana Football Hour, the first hour of every show every week. is brought to us by Lithia Ford of Missoula. We'll take a quick break. On the other side, we'll get into the University of Montana. Bobby Houck going to talk to us about the win over Monmouth as well as uh, uh, how to finish a football game, which obviously the, uh, the Montana Grizzlies did do very well on Saturday. Hey, if you haven't been, you should go check out the Silver Slipper. The Silver Slipper. It's all about great food, tasty beverages, and their urge to have a good time. Whether you're looking for an affordable family meal or a late-night game of poker, the Silver Slipper has what you are looking for. Right now, Silver, Silver Slipper is your football headquarters. They have a free shuttle. You ready? Free shuttle to every Grizz home game, 56 televisions to watch sports on, special drinks every day, 
liquor store, and Tarantino's Pizzeria. They also have the friendliest staff in town. Silver Slipper has all you need to watch your favorite games. And the Silver Slipper, the Silver Slipper Shuttle will also get you home for free. So hang out, watch some football, take the shuttle home. The shuttle operates until 2 a.m. every single day. So visit thesilverslipperlounge.com for more. Stop by today and see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets across the street from Walmart on Brooks. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Colter Nuanas. Here's some sports news for you. Montana and Montana State each posted impressive wins to close out their non-conference play on Saturday afternoon. The Bobcats rushed for 449 yards, the third best total in program history, on their way to a 56-21 victory over Norfolk State in Bozeman. The Grizzlies put down the hammer in the fourth quarter, executing a pair of drives in the final frame to emerge with a 47-27 win over Monmouth. Colter, tell them about the Grizz. UM senior quarterback Dalton Snead completed 30 of 40 passes for 334 yards and four touchdowns, including a pair of touchdown passes each to senior tight end Colin Bingham and sophomore tight end Bryson Deming. Snead is the Big Sky Offensive Player of the Week. Montana sophomore running back Marcus Knight rushed 21 times for 148 yards and a touchdown as the Grizz piled up 221 yards on the ground and 579 yards of total offense. And UM senior Dante Olson piled up 13 tackles as the Grizz, Grizz held the number four rushing attack in the FCS to just 81 yards. Also, Malik Flowers a 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown in that game. Montana State rested starting running back Isaiah Afonso and do-everything junior Troy Anderson, yet still saw three running backs surpass 100 yards for the first time in program history in the same game. MSU sophomore Tucker Rovig led the Bobcat offense at quarterback to 39 touchdowns and 670 yards of total offense. Shane Perry, Lane, Sumner, and Logan Jones each had 100 yards for the Cats. ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. Welcome back. As we continue in the Montana Football Hour, presented by Lithia Ford of Missoula, it is Tutel Nuwanis, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Hi. How are you? Great to be with you. Broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. Online at KurtzPolaris.com. Uh, Colter, we talked about the Cats and their impressive win, but also some questions now, especially a quarterback in the first segment. Let's talk about the Grizz and their uh, uh, close and then not as close uh, victory over Monmouth. I thought uh, you said in the pregame show on Saturday uh, that we did 
that you thought that Monmouth was going to be better than people thought that they would be. And I think that turned out to me to be very true. Look, some games you can see a team that doesn't play very well, that's a clearly better team, and that's why the game is close, and then they kind of figure it out and stretch it out. I thought Montana played a pretty good game for the most part all the way through, and I thought Monmouth was just ready to go, well-coached, and had some really good players, which we'll we'll get into. Uh, And then the Grizzlies, who some total clearly were the better team started to assert themselves and create some space uh, at the end started to lean especially with their offensive line and running game on the Monmouth defense but through three quarters and change in that football game I thought Monmouth both played very well acquitted themselves very well on the football field and also took great advantage of a couple mistakes that Montana did make to continue to make this a game winner it was six points at one point in the fourth quarter after Monmouth scored their final touchdown on a Dalton Sneed turnover. Yeah, predicted Montana would own the line of scrimmage, particularly when the Grizz were on defense. And Mama's offensive line was a lot better than I thought they would be. Mm-hmm. I also thought that Montana would have a definitive advantage on the perimeter, which they did. But I also thought it was a brilliant ability to adjust and read the defense by Dalton Sneed, the quarterback, as well as Tim Rosenbaugh, the offensive coordinator, because Monmouth was way better on the, on the back end defensively than I expected them to be. Justin Terry had a great game. Anthony Budd had a great game. Both those DBs really stood out to me, and they did a pretty good job of corralling Sammy Kim, Samari Torres. Sammy Kim disappeared for a middle part of this game, mm. and they ha- that hasn't happened yet this year. So testament to those Monmouth DBs, but when you take something like that away on the outside, that middle up. of the field's wide open, right. and the tight ends have the best day they've had since the reinstitution of the position. Colin Bingham goes four catches, 72 yards, two touchdowns. Bryson Deming catches four passes. He also scores his first two career touchdowns. So a huge, huge day uh, for the tight ends. It was great offensive game plan by the Grizz. And I thought that also this was definitely at least the first step towards flushing some of the demons of a year ago. Montana, they come out of the locker room, they go score, stop, score. And they're... They have a commanding lead. They're up, uh, I think, 33 to... 33-14. 33-14. And then Monmouth comes storming back, and they cut it all the way to six. And you're thinking, well, are the Grizz going to melt down here? I mean, they had, you had Dalton Sneed maybe fighting for a couple extra yards. He didn't need to. He coughs the ball up. You know, Now, all of a sudden, Monmouth's got a lot of momentum. they got multiple different uh, marches going on, and they score twice. And... Nope, instead the Grizz just slammed the door shut. And I thought it was a great finish. I thought, by and large, it was one of Montana's better performances under this new regime. What I, what I thought was, was great for both teams is that there was moments where, for Montana, they had opportunities to really separate themselves out and put this game away, and Monmouth answered the call and, and scored touchdowns and made stops that they absolutely had to have just to stay in it. For the Grizzlies, when a team starts to do that, it's easy to tighten up, and a lot of teams do. And you can, I mean, look at Washington State for crying out loud on Saturday night against UCLA. By the way, if you didn't see that game, good gracious, go watch that thing. But it's it happens all the time it, across sports, not just football. A team's ahead, feels like they were ahead quite a bit, should be ahead more. All of a sudden, the thing tightens up, and then they start to melt down. Montana, that thing tightened up a couple different times. Once right before the end of the half. And then once again on after the, the, the Sneed turnover, and immediately what do they do? They turned around. I mean, after it was 33-27, six plays, 62 yards in a minute and 43 seconds. I mean, that's an answer. You know what I mean? That is going back down and go, we aren't worried about anything. I think Dalton Sneed was perfect on that drive in terms of his passing after he made the big mistake. And you knew you, you could see it. I mean, Dalton, as soon as that ball was coughed up, I mean, his hands were on his head and he just, you know, you knew that he was uh, 
realizing that the game was well in hand as long as you don't do what he just did, and now it becomes a question. But he bounced back with the rest of that offense and made plays, and then and then ultimately Montana able to score uh, again after that uh, uh, on a pass from Dalton Snead to Bryson Deming for his second of the game kind of later on in the fourth quarter. Also impressive uh, was Marcus Knight. Marcus Knight in the first half, uh, didn't do much, only got six carries, I think, in the first half. But in the second half, looked fantastic, as did the offensive line. Let's hear from Bobby Houck, just his general thoughts on the victory over Monmouth. Yeah, you always have to fight for it. Um, it was a good win for our team over a uh, uh, Monmouth team. that I think they feel like they're a playoff-caliber football team, uh, and they might be right. They're awfully good. They're well-coached. They just do a really nice job. They play hard uh, schematically. They're very sound. Uh, they, they did some things to try to manage the game that were effective. And, you know, from our standpoint, it's great to win. And we did a lot of good things as well. But there's certainly a lot we need to clean up moving into next week or, or uh, we're not going to survive next week. So, how pleased with the win, but as always, plenty to work on. You can go figure it out. But, uh, again, I thought that uh, uh, they did really good. Let's hear just one more piece from Bobby Houck specifically on the finish, which is was the bugaboo of this team last year through the non-conference schedule, for what it's worth, has certainly been rectified through the first four games. Yeah, we, we really had three efficient drives till we coughed it up. So, you know, those, those are the mistakes I'm talking about we can't make. But Dalton was, uh, was really good. He did a nice job. Uh, aside from the one play, he was he was awfully good. Uh, you know, it, when you need it, and you can go down the field and get points. Whether it was coming out of the locker room in the third quarter or those two drives you're talking about, uh, thought it was great. And aside from that fumble, uh, Dalton Sneed was very good. In fact, so good that he is your Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Week. Seventy-five percent completion percentage, thirty of forty in this game, 334 yards, a touchdown, uh, had the inter- had, a, had, a, had the fumble and then an interception as well, uh, but also uh, had a, a secondary assist, as you say, in the hockey world where he throws it to Samari Torrey, who ultimately gets credit for a touchdown, one for one on the day for uh, Samari Torrey, a perfect QB rating for the wide receiver, uh, throwing a touchdown pass uh, uh, on, on, on a little bit of a trick play uh, as well. So, all in all, a good game. And Coulter, again, if you if you, if you weren't there, or if you if maybe you weren't paying all the way attention, Kenji Behar was phenomenal. Great, as Super a quarterback great. for Monmouth. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I said to you in the press box, I think that well, it's it's hard to it's hard to quantify how good a guy that doesn't play in the Big Sky would be in the Big Sky, and and ranking a guy like saying, man, he'd be the sixth best quarterback in the Big Sky conference, which I think that's about where he would be at. That's, I'm not saying that like he's average. I'm saying that like he's outstanding because guess what? The five best quarterbacks in the Big Sky are five of the ten best quarterbacks in the country. Right. Honestly, you could probably argue that five of the seven best quarterbacks in the country play in the Big Sky Conference. Mm-hmm. Eric Berry, Jake Mayer, Dalton Sneed are all certainly right there. And Case, Case Cookus, Cookus are all certainly yep. right there yep. for sure um, as nationally elite players. But I thought Bahar and Kevin Thompson from Sac State is knocking on the door of that too. Right. Bahar is much similar to Kevin Thompson, though, in the fact that he's a big, strong guy who can step up in the pocket and throw it. He was very confident, I thought. Uh, but I think this also – let's talk schematics just for a brief minute here. Yeah. On one side – I think that Dalton Sneed is operating at an all-time high efficiency for in terms of his comfortable, how comfortable he is with this offense. 
with the weapons that Montana has, and we'll play some sound about Dalton Steve from that later on in the week, it's almost like playing point guard. The What they run is such a quick-hitting version of their RPO offense, but it's just like I always talk about with the air raid or the triple option, regardless of what the way that you're gaining the the, the yards, the reads are the same. If the if you have if you make the right read, you will operate at a seventy five percent efficiency level. You you will if you make the right decision. Uh, I mean, half of, half of these Dalton Steeds were just thrown out to the flat. Let Gabe Social, let Jerry Lou McGee, let Samari Torrey make a play. Right. That's outstanding. I mean, the first touchdown to to, to Bryce Deming. I mean, it just. Is that you could have, he could have punted the ball to him? I mean, it was he was just it was a complete bust, and Deming was wide open in the seam, and it was just done deal. And the, but then on the other side, I think you really saw the chess match. Montana is having a hard time getting pressure. Their defensive line is playing really well against the run, but they're get, having a hard time getting true pressure mm-hmm. on the quarterback. They sent the house early, and they got to Kenji Barhar, and they got two sacks. Uh, one of them was by Dante Olson. One of them was by Patrick O'Connell. But then they started dropping eight, and then Bahar got hot. And then they started lighting him up again and bringing pressure. And he didn't flinch. And he he went on a nice little streak there where he was moving the ball up and down the field. And it looked as if Montana's secondary was getting gashed, but they're not. When you're blitzing like that, everybody's on an island. If the quarterback stands in there, takes the hit, and throws on a dime like he was, there's nothing you can really do about it. Right. It's the it's kind of the give and take. But I think that's one of the places where Montana really has to figure something out. they got to figure out how to fabricate some pass rush where it's somewhere in between. Because I think if you drop eight, you're really vulnerable in the run game. And if you blitz, you're going to be really vulnerable, especially against veter- veteran quarterbacks like Jake Mayer. Well, and yeah, exactly. This week is, is uh, I mean, Kenji Bayard, good good as he was, uh, it's going to be a whole different animal this week going against uh, the uh, the conference player of the year in in the Big Sky coming into the season in Jake Mayer. Uh, let's hear a little bit from uh, Colin Bingham. Colin Bingham had his probably biggest day, at least in terms of certainly scoring uh, as a Grizzly, full reception, seventy two yards, two touchdowns, including uh, a touchdown on maybe the most fun, well, one of the two most fun plays of the game for uh, Grizz fans. A, uh, a trick play where Dalton Steed throws it into the flat to uh, Samari Torrey, who was backing up the whole time. And when you saw this play develop from the press box, you're like, oh, this. This is a double pass right here. And sure enough, throws it up top to uh, to Colin Bingham, the senior wide receiver. Catches a very nice touchdown on a trick play. Here's what he had to say about it. Uh, I mean, it, it set up really well how we wanted it to. I know Bryson had a really good block on the outside to keep Samari there. And uh, the line did a good job. And then Samari just threw a perfect. Just had to go make the play for my boys. There you go. Got to go make the play for your boys, and he did just that. Coulter, uh, like you were saying when he talked about the schematics, well, okay, are you going to bring pressure? Are you going to back off? Are you going to do some of both? If you can't get there with just you know a four-man pass rush, what do you have to do to make a quarterback uncomfortable? Kevin Callahan, uh, the Monmouth head coach, had this to say about mitigating Montana's pressure. Well, we started throwing the ball a little bit quicker, trying to stay out of uh, pure dropback stuff. Um, you know, I, I thought Kenji did a really good job of getting rid of the ball quickly. Um, we were able to get the ball out on the perimeter a little bit into the hands of our receivers who were able to make some plays after the catch. So there you go. I mean, that's, that, that, that is the new offensive line, isn't it? The quick pass. I mean, yes. you just get, get back, get rid of it, three-step drop, one-step drop. No step drop, whatever. Just t- stand there in the shotgun, turn your feet 90 degrees, and fire. 
And that's why watching what's happening at Montana State right now is so fascinating because, like I said, coming into this year, right, we were talking about this in the summer, we're going to have to find new measuring sticks for what we consider statistically successful in the pass rush game because the days of a guy getting 15 sacks in an 11- or 12-game college football season are almost behind us. That said, Bryce Dirk might just go ahead and do it anyways. Right. He's already got nine sacks this year, leading the country by a wide margin. But... Hitting, getting the quarterback and hitting him is, is the new gauge of if you're getting pressure on the quarterback because I, I do think that like with a guy like Bahar, I don't really know how you get there. I don't know how you sack him really more than they did. They had three sacks on him. He's a mobile guy who can get rid of the ball really quick. He knows where his reads are. He's a three-year starter. He's a fifth-year senior. It, that's going to be the challenge going forward, especially when you're playing a guy like this weekend. That is their biggest challenge is how do you get to Jake Mayer without letting him light you up. Because if you blitz Jake Mayer like they blitzed the second half Saturday, good luck. I mean, he's going to dice you. He's going to complete 80% of those passes unless you're hitting him. And that's what I'm saying. If you are going to blitz, then you got to get there. You at least got to disrupt for the quarterback. Right. And that's one thing the Cats are doing at such an elite level. It's not just the sack numbers. Three straight games, you're looking at the opposing team's quarterback on the sidelines when they zoom in on them. These guys are hurting units. These guys are getting hit and hit and hit some more, and I think that is the new gauge of how well you're pressuring the quarterback. It's Tutel Nuwamas, ESPN Radio. Uh, it is the Montana Football Hour. One more piece of sound for you uh, from Bobby Hack, this time on the tight ends, who, again, four touchdowns from your tight ends. Uh, it's a pretty big day by anybody's estimation, and certainly since the reintroduction of the position is in the traditional sense uh, under Bobby Hack, here's what he had to say about his tight ends on Saturday. Yeah, the tight ends and, and Mitch Roberts had a big day, and Everybody uh, of those three, Mitch and our, and our two tight ends, really caught the ball well and, and got good hard yards after uh, catch and after contact. And you know, Dalton was seeing it well, found the right guys. It was it was fun. It was uh, I thought the uh, offensive coaches had a nice plan and and did a really good job against them. So there you go. Uh, and and we we a guy we didn't even talk about yet, but it is Mitch Roberts who had. His breakout day as a, as a Grizzly wide receiver, just the redshirt freshman, but five receptions, 80 yards, led the Grizzlies in receiving in terms of yardage. Jerry Louis McGee had one uh, more reception, which, of course, he did. Six for JLM. But five receptions for 80 yards for Mitch Roberts in this game and uh, a, a coming-out party of sorts. And when you saw him, you know, we've... We've seen him in practice, Coulter. We've heard, you know, you kind of hear the rumblings about, hey, man, this 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 kid looks pretty good. And we obviously know the, uh, you know, the genetics that he's coming from and 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 the history and all that. Uh, but when you finally see him play and see him catch a ball in the field, you go, oh yeah, yeah, this kid is gonna probably catch a lot of footballs and do some damage for the Montana in the in the in the pass game over the next three and a half seasons. And uh, and we'll see how much that can continue now in the conference play. It's great when there's guys that have standout off seasons that then get a chance to prove it during game days. Because so often when you're just a redshirt freshman, you're kind of toiling there, especially when you're in a group that has great depth like Montana's receivers. Because we cover this thing year-round now, and we're talking about guys during spring ball, we're going to spring practices, we're going to fall camp. Sometimes it makes me feel silly when I'm talking about how the, this guy's been standing out. I love this guy. This guy's making pre- – I mean, I had Bitch Roberts as my number one sleeper on my Skyline Sports Top 10 for Grizz Sleepers. I said, this is the kid that's maybe not on people's radars that's going to be good. He's going to play. And then when that guy ends up not playing, not because of his effort, but just because of the stack, stack he's position. He's a wide receiver on the Grizzlies. Right. It makes you feel silly. 
I love that Mitch Roberts is getting playing time because not only is he talented, he's got great bloodlines, like you said, great athletic genes from both sides of his family, but he's a tremendously hard worker too. And that's how he's entrenched himself is, is by doing the little things right. And I really think that the, this is the brilliance of the Bobby Houck program, the system that he runs in terms of the internal competition that he demands. It would be easy to use the converted quarterback partial scholarship guy from Missoula to motivate the six foot three stud who runs like a deer, like Samari Torre and but not have both of them improve to the level that they have. It worked both ways. Mm. You pit Mar- Mitch Roberts against Samari Torre, so now Samari Torre has got a fire under his butt. He wants to work harder. But then now Mitch Roberts is confident because he's like, well, it's spring ball, and I'm getting reps over Samari Torre. He's like a three-year starter. I must be doing great. And then all of a sudden now when Torre gets taken away by the defense like it happened on Saturday, now Mitch Roberts is going to go have himself a day. What do you have, five catches for 80 yards? I mean, he, five for 80, yep. He, I mean, it was a career day for him, and that's – that's where the that's the brilliance of the model, right? Is not anybody being selfish about it. Both of you get better, and guess what? When it's your turn, you'll get a chance. And let's be clear: Samari Torre was not taken away; he was flinging it one for one for twenty four yards and a touchdown. Indeed, your backup quarterback, Samari Torre. Uh, okay, quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk more about the uh, Montana Grizzlies. A big day in the special teams world, and also, uh, I mean, we got to talk about this Dagnab Cannon because somebody's just gonna just just pass out from fear from this thing okay <laughs> so we'll get into that it is the uh montana football hour and it is presented every week by lithia ford of missoula the montana football hour brought to us by lithia ford and right now at lithia ford you can get zero percent for 72 months on the 2019 ford f-150 the ford f-150 makes tough tasks look easy whether it's working the job or heading out on a weekend of recreation also available, the all-new 2019 Ford Ranger at just 1.9% for 60 months. The all-new Ranger tested under more extreme conditions than you would likely ever encounter. Set a date for your next adventure. The Ranger is ready to get you there. Lydia Ford, across from Super Walmart on Brooks, has a huge inventory of new and used cars and trucks. Visit LithiaFordMissoula.com for more information. Search new and used inventory, financing specials, and get yourself in a Lithia Ford today. Lithia Ford is an official sponsor of the Montana Grizzlies and Tutel Nuwana's Montana Football Hour. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. 
Tutel and Nuanes on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Missoula. Now, I don't know if this is Future Island, but I can't hear this song and not think that it is Future Island. You ever listened? I don't know what that is. Watched? I don't know what Future Island is. Dude, get yourself on the YouTube. Future is it like Island. a cartoon or something? No, it's a band. Oh, okay. Future Island and like, uh, I don't know, their Dave Matthews performance. It's pretty rare. Like, here's the thing, man. Football and live music. Like, you can do a lot of things with smoke and fire and lights and everything like that, but when it comes right down to it, to, like, playing the music and the the people on the guitars and the drums and on the microphones singing and doing the thing, 99.999% are pretty much the same. And it's relatively rare that you see somebody do something that you've just never seen before. Okay. If you have not seen Future Future Islands, you will see something you've just never seen before. What's that? Jason Isbell in the foreign unit concert Friday night? Yeah. What a week of music last week in Missoula. Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. It's the Montana Football Hour presented by Lithia Ford. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris, 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. Online at KurtzPolaris.com. Hey, have we told you? Well, we have, but we're going to tell you again. Instagram, people. We are on the picture social media now. Isn't that the deal? Filters. Photos, you got it. A thousand words. What do you get? What do you get on Twitter? A hundred characters? No, no, two eighty now. They doubled. Two hundred and eighty characters, which is about seven words. This is a thousand words, and it's called a picture. Instagram at one hundred two nine ESPN. That's the handle on Instagram. It's also the handle on Twitter. Very, very convenient. The overlap there at one hundred two nine ESPN. Go check us out. Also, excited about this. We are launching Wednesday. A brand new podcast series. It is the FCS Speculators, a betting podcast with a Vegas eye on the Big Sky and FCS Conference. Coulter and I going to uh, navigate you through the waters of favorites, lines, over-unders, and uh, expectations at the uh, specifically Big Sky level and the FCS uh, level, the t- you know, the top 25 in the country, uh, broadly speaking. So if that's something that's interesting to you uh, that you're uh, looking for, there's not a lot of information out there about it. We will uh, do our best to actually at least inform you on the goings-ons that way. Uh, so FCS Speculators, a betting podcast, uh, will come to you starting Wednesday. We'll release the first one. We look forward to uh, having that out there, and then you can check that out and, uh, and uh, decide, you know, how dumb we really are. You know, that's out there for you to, to, to make your determination on. So go check that out. Uh, Coulter, two of the three players of the week. You get a player of the week at three spots uh, across the Big Sky Conference every week. Offense, defense, and special teams. And the offensive and special teams players of the week, both Montana Grizzlies this week. Dalton Sneed, again, 30 of 40 for 334 yards and four touchdowns, is the offensive player of the week. And Malik Flowers, who had... The longest touchdown in modern Grizzly history, a 100-yard t- kickoff return for a touchdown, uh, is the special teams player of the week. And, again, it's the, t- the touchdown is, is, is damaged, and that was one of the answers that Montana made when they were down uh, or when, when they had given up a score. Excuse me, the, the first kickoff coming out of the touchdown. Oh, no, 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 not so fast. You're not in this one. Malik Flowers is, 
you know, 12 yards in a cloud of dust, or 12 seconds in a cloud of dust, 100 yards for a touchdown. Um, it was impressive because he was also untouched, and for as fast as he is and as well as he navigated it, it was also blocked up beautifully, and you talked about the scheme on that play. But then the lingering effect of that was 40-yard basically spot of field position from there on out every time you got the football if you're the Grizzlies because they just went, oh, no, 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 no. We're not going to go North Alabama here and keep tempting fate again and again and again. We will boot it up to the tight ends who had not only catching four touchdowns, but how many kick returns did, did Bryson Devin and Colin Bingham get? I mean, it's just the big fellas, uh, uh, you know, heaven out there fielding kickoffs that were, you know, blooped up at the 25-yard line and, uh, that you know, get 10 yards, get to run somebody over and feel very good about themselves. But the, uh, uh, you know, the 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 special teams, particularly in the kick game, the kick-receive game, uh, at uh, its all-time high Saturday for Montana. Yeah, Bobby Huck talked about exactly that in the pro, in the post game. You know, we tell these guys in camp, if you're any good, they'll quit kicking it to you. And uh, you know, it's, there's a couple of things. One, you know, some schools like when I got to Colorado, Colorado had been 20 years without returning a kickoff for a touchdown. I mean, it's hard to do, and we kind of expect our guys to do it here and there uh, within a season. So, and that's the expectation of the guys on that team. So. Uh, wasn't sure they were going to kick it deep to us at all, and they did. And these guys made them pay. What's going on over there? And then these guys made these guys. Yeah, Heiner, I love you. Uh, that's that's called that's effort, Heiner. That's awesome. Please. Nothing goes undone around here. We play. We everybody gives effort. Heiner's giving effort. Make sure this is right. Go, Aaron. But I love you, Coach. Yeah. The uh, you know we didn't anticipate they they kick it to us, and they did. Uh, we actually missed a block at the point of attack, but Eli Alford ended up getting two. Bang ended up accounting for a looper that we hadn't practiced. Um, and then, obviously, he he just ran a little weave on the kicker, and it was pretty smooth sailing. Um, you know, the field position battle in the kicking game was a whitewashing. They wouldn't kick it to us. I don't, I don't know that we were inside the 40 at all, other than the one he fair caught at the 31 or 2. I mean, they just, that's what it was. We, we, uh, our special teams guys were awesome today. Aaron Heiner, who's the IT guy, yeah, uh, he does the sound. Somehow the, the somehow the microphone got kicked out. My recorder was right next to it, so that's why you didn't see hear any invariability of sound from Coach Houck there. But uh, so he was on the ground, like underneath the table, while Bobby Houck is like mid press conference because he's trying to get hooked back up so the TV guys can get the feed from the mic and. Yeah. Uh, it was just hilarious. Bobby Huck's in a lot better mood after his team finishes game strong than he is at pretty much any other time. Yes. He even actually called himself out for that. He said, after he gave a, another good quote, which all his quotes were really good, which is uh, sometimes he has a hard time always given the time, yeah. uh, given, uh, finding it in his heart to give the time. But uh, he uh, he said, he said, boy, I'm feeling good right now. You guys, you guys should ask me more questions because I'm going to be really grumpy on Monday. <laughs> And he actually wasn't uh, grumpy today no, either. He was actually fine. It's good. Uh, but anyways, Montana, what Bobby Houck said is so true, though. There's so many programs that almost never manufacture points on special teams. I think that actually Grizz fans have been spoiled because there's been so many kick and punt returns for touchdowns at Washington Grizz over the last 20 years. I mean, I would put it up there with any venue in the country with the amount there's been and all the great kick and punt returners there have been for the Grizz, too. Uh, it's a huge part of the game. If you can score... 
points on special teams, it gives you a definitive advantage. One last thing we got to touch on to wrap up the uh, Montana football hour here. And uh, if you were watching the game on your televisions or went home and watched the replay, you saw it. But uh, they just, they must have added an extra, you know, 15 pounds of gunpowder or something because the cannon at Washington Grizzly Stadium was a banging away on Saturday. And normally, uh, Montana, when they score a touchdown, even in the north end zone, which is where the cannon's located, you know, you go running off and then the extra point team comes on. Well, they they had elected at one stage after the Jerry Lewis McGee touchdown to go for two. And so everybody stayed on the field. And they uh, uh, SWX, who, you know, did a great job doing the game, had, you know, a zoom in on Dalton Sneed, and they fire that cannon. And, I mean, you you thought for a second that maybe just the air pressure alone is just about enough to take Dalton Sneed right off his cleats. I mean, he just freaked out. The synchronicity of his full-body flinch is so funny. Just shaking. Now, if you haven't seen it, you can go to uh, at 1029 ESPN on Twitter. We got it. Uh, we'll have it posted for you there. But it is funny. But it's also funny because you and I sitting in the press box for the entire game with a scout from the Chiefs every time, all three of us, shuddering in fear completely like we've never heard the thing before and then looking at each other and laughing sort of it's it's why it's why you have to sit next to fritz neighbor i i hope fritz is listening because fritz covered the grizz for 15 years from missoulian and when i was a first young scribe first doing it and then when i moved back to missoula and i would do it fritz fritz is the master of it he is tired of getting scared and falling out of his chair so he knows Every time. And so he'll hit you and then plug his ears. Yeah. And he's on. He never gets scared. He, but like we were telling the chief scout, I told him, I've been coming to games in this press box for 12 years and I get scared every time. Every and then, time. of course, we still got scared. And then on top of it, the Grizz have scored 108 points their last two home games. So we've had a lot of cannon shots. Well, here was Dalton Sneed being asked about this very thing that is circulating social media. Yeah. I know you're getting a two-point conversion, but... Uh, My wife was even talking about it. I didn't see it. Oh, it scared me big time. <laughs> Everybody thinks he's competitive. He's a big scaredy cat. Everybody knows that. What was, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> what have you been telling people that have been asking about that? Man, yeah, it scared me. You, you should have If you were down there, man, it was, it was so loud. I thought... I didn't know what was going on. I mean, I always try and prepare myself for it because it happens every time that we get in the end zone. But I think maybe it's because usually it goes off when we're on the sideline. But being that we are going for two, I was kind of locked down where we're trying to set the ball and, and get our formation set. It just caught He's me off jumpy. guard. <laughs> He's jumpy. <laughs> usually you can't hear it. Yeah. It's usually loud enough you don't hear it like that. I just got to mind my P's and Q's and remember that cannon's looming there the camera the cannon is looming and especially when you're still on the field and uh yeah it gets you every single time you're so enraptured in a score and then all of a sudden you forget that the rotc is down there they're ready to light that torch anyway uh go check it out at 1029 espn on twitter and uh and enjoy yourself a little chuckle. There you go. It's the Montana football hour in the books. We will come back to this in the second hour. We'll go around the big sky as uh, we now enter conference play. It's about time. Uh, you know, for even 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 the asymmetric nature of the big sky conference, it's nice to get into some conference football play at the FCS level. It's uh, a lot more interesting than a non-conference in a lot of ways, seems to me. I think that's part of why Bobby Houck was even more engaged today because you don't have to sit there and say anything out of turn you just know the teams better. Yeah. Like he doesn't have to think about Dan Hawkins. He knows Dan Hawkins. Yeah. It's, it's a very fair point. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, 
we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.